I'm at. On my way to pasture with eight head of cow calf pears. Pretty exciting. We're gonna do exactly. Anyways, well, thank you for joining us, my buddy. <laughs> thank you, Matt. Good. To now see. I gotta Good get day. into character. I'm sure you're always well. <laughs> I'm sure you're always well Epperly world class auctioneer, but I have to get into my big show character. <laughs> I guess that's why they call it the big show. Call it the big show. It's the big show. Anyways, we'll have some fun with it. I gotta yeah. open up my notes, but uh make Will, it short. how you doing, buddy? You betcha go Good. ahead. By gosh, I've missed that accent a whole bunch. <laughs> that out here, my goodness, how I've missed it. Oh, you've missed your southern friends. I know you have. Oh, I have. I mean it just it's out here and everybody makes fun of my accent. And then I go home and everybody says I talk funny. I'd say, Well, y'all talk funny too. <laughs> <laughs> So take it away, Burke, and we'll uh, just kind of have an awesome podcast. Go ahead. Awesome. Yeah, okay. Burke, come on, get your things together, girl. You You've been doing this podcast. Be come on. This is Burke Holby, and I am with the world champion auctioneer, Will Epperly. Not only is Will the world champion auctioneer, but as Matt has always called me an Angus girl, that's how Go I on. met Will all those years ago in Virginia as little Virginia Junior Angus members. How in the world, Will, do you do this? How, I mean, holy cow, how do you come from Virginia Junior Angus member all the way to Iowa to the world champion auctioneer? <laughs> it's been a long, hard road. I'm still a little guy though. I didn't grow much. I'm sorry about that. But mom and dad and my grandfather and grandmother built that sale barn back there in 1986 before we started showing cattle. And we ran that barn until 2004. I uh, started selling baby calves and goats when I was about seven, seven when my granddaddy put me on his knee and I kind of took it from there. Well, after we sold the barn, we started showing cattle all around the nation. You know, my first, first nationals was actually Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and what a, what a trip with the Junior Angus Association that was. It helped me out a lot with my journey, was learning a lot of things there from public speaking to the cook-offs to team fitting, team judging, everything that the national genius does after after high school though i was kind of the the black sheep of the family if i would say <laughs> everybody went everybody went to virginia tech everybody's like virginia tech virginia tech well i got recruited yeah. wrestling yeah <laughs> no, west virginia fans uh yeah. anyway i got recruited to liberty university for wrestling well i was never the ab student not like i had a's like c's get degrees with me <laughs> well, Liberty University had a little bit higher standard for their student athletes. You had to have a B average. Well, that kind of knocked me out. So I left there and went to Iowa Lakes, actually, up here in Emmitsburg, Iowa, went to school. I sold at Spencer Livestock Auction in Spencer, Iowa. Uh, after college, I went to Mit Mitchell, South Dakota, working for Marion Russ at the Mitchell Livestock. Whoa, 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 whoa. Got exactly. some questions here. <laughs> yeah, Virginia questions. Tech. Shout out to my boy, Chris Taremas. I didn't ever think that I'd be able to get his name on the show. But he's from Charlottesville, Virginia. Iowa Lakes Community College. My older cousin, Dax Lautner. Never thought I'd get his name on the show. He uh, went there. I, I, I spent one of my very first ever times experiencing the joys of a barley pop up there at Iowa Lakes Community <laughs> College so many years ago. But that's my story, not yours. So go ahead and just expand on your uh, origin story just a little bit. My brother, Joe Epperly, actually out there at the Wagon Hammer Ranch, he loves to say that he left all the talent in the womb, and I just sucked it up as I exited. 
Um, That's awesome. You have to be born into it. Just say you're a fast-talking podcaster. Oh, you give me three days with you, and I can have you selling about anything, Matt. See, <laughs> I can teach anyone uh, that understands it. It's a musician, really. So if you sure. have, if you have a you you have to start off your song with lyrics. So we always say the numbers are the lyrics, but also you have to have a musical chord, and that's what I always use as the filler word or the fillers that are in your chant. Filler words is just the music behind it to rhythm. Because, number one, none of us that are auctioneers, well, besides the 2010 world champion Kyle Shove that can sing, uh, the rest <laughs> of us can't sing. Is it's really like a musical chord. I, I love hearing this. You know why? It allows me to go down another rabbit hole. For <laughs> Colby... And Will Epperly, did you realize that I have produced three Nashville recorded music songs? No. What? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's going to get this, for, this whole the line. The man of steers, bulls, and mad country music now. It's going to allow me the chance to uh, attach Scott Shelby's 2012 hit, Young and Invincible. Oh, it shot up. Oh. It, I love Scott. That's it awesome. shot it shot up the charts and uh didn't actually make us any money. Lost us a lot of money actually, but it was a lot of fun. I can say that I did it one time. The man of many talents. You call I might be a world champion, but you're a man of many talents. In the music video that I'll send or I'll attach to this post, old uh my <laughs> wife, my my pregnant wife, uh five pregnant with little Miss Madeline was uh Scott's love interest in the music video. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I gotta see that. I had that's no what you call idea. that's what you call cutting corners on the budget. So, uh, sorry to interrupt <laughs> twice early in the podcast, but continue on that's with your fun. with your with your story of your auctioneering career. Go ahead. So, so we were at Mitchell. I worked there for a little while. Actually, I was working in the back there too, and I lost uh, lost a piece of my left middle finger uh, to a gate. That's what happens when fat cattle come back at the gate, and you're too stupid to let go of the gate. Um, <laughs> So uh, I left there, actually, and I went down to Express Ranches. I worked for uh, Gerald Callahan and Bob Funk and Miles Scout. Worked in the breaking barn there for a little bit. Uh, they needed Sweet. help right before the honor roll sale and the bull sale. So I was there for about oh, a month, maybe a month and a half. And then I went back home and helped Dad. But after that, I was there only a month helping my dad. And after that, I got called from the Bluegrass Stockyards in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Went to work with them for about a year and a half, maybe two years. I can't remember exactly. But in 2013, I got the call of a lifetime uh, from one of the most respected barns uh, in the world, I think, in my mind, not only just because I work here, but I always thought that, was John Shaven. He called me and offered me an opportunity to come out here and interview. And, and on my birthday, actually, that that same year he called me and said, Hey, here's the job offer. And I do remember, I remember I said, uh, John, you know, I respect my father. I got to call dad. And my dad and John and Jim go back a long ways. And dad said, make him sweat for a week. I said, I told my dad, I said, I can't even make him sweat an hour. And dad goes, ah, make him wait till morning. Will you got to come on. You got to mess with him a little bit. When you're yeah. a baseballer and the Yankees call, you're just like, all right, let's go. Yeah, so I've been here for 10 years now, moved here August 13th of 2013, and, and I've loved it, loved it, loved it here ever since. How does winning the world championship change one auctioneer's life? I mean, 
I, I have no idea. So I'm, I'm not asking this from a from a place of knowledge. Just explain it to us dumb country Yankees up in Iowa. <laughs> what it changes is you're judged by your peers in this whole contest. There's market owners and operators, past champions that are the judges of this. And you're judged by your peers. And what, what makes that so, so incredible is that this industry is so tight that they want to pick, they want to have the industry pick, judge the champion and see who's going to come out on top. What it means to me is 12 years of sacrifice, hard work, and a dream coming true uh that night when i was sitting in the sitting in the banquet hall and we're at and we're just waiting for this moment to come to announce the world champion and you're sitting in a room and they have a detailed seating arrangement after the 12 years i've been sitting in there i kind of figured it out uh, <laughs> of where they put the champion i think they had to be a little bit sneakier this time with me uh because i i'd figured it out so they put me right next to the camera and i was like hey, I, ain't the, I ain't the world champion because this this camera angle is not right. It's it's either Dean Edge or it's Eric Trees or it's Cisto Fiez or Jacob Massey, Justin Dotson. I was like, it's one of them guys. I'm like ninth or tenth. This because it was a tough contest. The moment that you hear your chant come across as a world champion, it's vindication of all the hard work and dedication and sacrifice you put to it. How it changes you in some way is you're part of an elite group of not many guys. Yeah, there's been 70, there's been 58 of us now that are that are known as world champions, but that's a select group and it feels really good. Uh, I will say it's bittersweet, but it's sad at the same time. I've made so many friends in this contest. And one of the things I'm going to miss wholeheartedly is those holding rooms. When you're secluded away, business deals, actually it's been made back there. We've, we've traded a lot of cattle in the holding rooms. This is like... Uh... This is like Texas show steers then. You win one and you're done, correct? Yep. Yep. You win. 58 years or 58 champions, that's one per year. Or is that spread multi per year? It's it's one per year. There's We hold it. The, the WLAC, Sweet. the World Livestock Auctioneering Champ, are held every year somewhere different around the country. Uh, and it's held with the convention of the Livestock Marketing Association. So, so what do you do afterwards? Thing. Like, you worked 12 oh. years for this win. Now what? <laughs> I tell you, my 10-year goal now after after this year of representing the LMA and not just the Livestock Marketing Association, but representing the cow-calf guy, the backgrounder, the independent feeder, uh, to make our voices heard around to people that probably don't understand our industry, that need to understand our industry, uh, from step one of where the, this livestock starts to where it goes and ends and how safe that our protein product is compared to the world and what strenuous uh, regulations that we're held to. After that, I would say after this year that my main goal after that to run my business here in Dunlap in West Point, uh, to make these barns still hold the highest customer satisfaction, to see these see this industry go into the future and see our barns stay open for our future grandkids and our future great grandkids. That's where I see my 10 year goal being as the moment and see our industry flourish i don't know what the spread would be but i'm just going to make this analogy let's say that commercial stock is 99 show livestock is one percent i mean of your auctioneering would you say you do close to 100 percent just commercial or do you do some show oriented auctioneering throughout the year what does your day-to-day -day consist of my day my day-to-day -day, matt consists of probably about 97 percent into the commercial side of it because 
most of the cattle yeah. that are going to come through our barn are going to go to commercial feedlots or the independent feeder to be fed out as an end product, which all cattle are anyway. Even if you're in the yeah. show career someday, absolutely, a great donor cow is going to come to come to her in into the show side of it. John actually hosts here in Dunlap. Uh, the first Sunday in December always is the John's Club Calf Sale, which oh, then yeah. we dive right into showing it. And yes, some people some people are like, well, we don't get what we usually get out of the pasture out of them. But what we see at our barn with that sale is the new, the younger families coming in and getting still really good show cattle that are going to be competitive, but they they get them they get them at a fair price to them. You know, I, I'm so happy to watch guys sell steers for 10 to 20 to 30 to a hundred thousand dollars. And that's wonderful and great, but not every family can afford that. But oh, I yeah. still want to see someone competitive that has a $1,500 steer to 3000. They just have to understand that that steer is going to take a heck of a lot more work and you're going to have to put more effort. I am a graduate of the uh, Dunlap livestock auction first sunday in december sale i attended probably every year every year for five or six years in the late 90s and early 2000s for sure online compared to what you do in person i mean how has we all know that online kind of rules uh maybe steer trading of sorts those production sales john griswold express ranches i mean in denver uh in oklahoma city there's Live auctions and people love it. They love the throwback to the live auction uh, compared against uh, the online deal. But how has, in the commercial side, online presence changed, if any, uh, what you do on a day-to-day -day basis? We're having to adapt more to that because it's coming. It it's going to come to that where a lot of guys are going to buy them cattle off offline where you're still going to have a livestock auction and most of our guys that we still have independent feeders and farmer feeders that come into our sale barn that say and a lot of guys are still to the old school way matt like you said they still want to come into that ring and see the livestock standing in that ring but there are some guys where it benefits our industry is that well this guy's not here he's at another sale but he has the opportunity to get on our sale online and still participate in our auction whether he's at another one or not. And we've seen that happen where a guy says, well, they've got a few more cattle at this barn and it's 45 minutes away from my house compared to two hours to go to your barn, but he's still online and he's, he's able to bid on that. So it has its positives. I'm old fashioned. I love to sit in a barn, hear the gates bang, rattle, and, and just feel the presence of actually being in the building as a sale goes on. I do see on the on the production side of it, whether it be a production bull sale, a production female sale, we're selling bulls for 10, 20, 30, $40, $100,000. People want to see them in person for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They want to see them in person. So I think there's pros and cons to it. Both. Uh, you may not, you may miss something that's in the video and I'm sure you going around and looking at steers everywhere. You might see a video of one and then you get on top of him and you're like, well, I didn't notice that in the video. I guarantee you, I guarantee you just as a feather in your cap or John Shaben's cap or Steve Bonham's cap, there is no way to maximize profit potential on an elite animal than a 30, 45, 60 second live auction for that animal. Because yeah. if you got old MLC coming in thinking, I'm going to buy this mf -er. I don't care what he costs. And across the ring or on the phone, you got some other that wants to buy him too. I mean, you got a battle. 
in the online deal, there's that two or three minute lag in between bids and it just, you can lose your pep and step in, in an instant. And I'm just saying chance on full Blair. I mean, it gets your heart pumping. And before you know it, heck, you you're spent. spending money. That's another aspect that online's changing, though. There's a lot of the on online broadcasts that are now going to the lat instead of the horse racing style. They're doing the chant at the end. And so, do you ever get into doing those types of things, Will? I haven't. I had Bertie. I haven't been asked to do them yet. I've I've tried it with all all of my club cap producers around here saying. You know, let's have one big day. If you want to have it online, great, but let's have it and build that. And there's certain people that like it. Well, if I don't get that steer, I'm going to come back and try this steer. Uh, those kind of things. But I still believe, and at the end, I've seen what you said, Barry. I've, I've seen it too, where they finally get tired of days upon days upon days of bidding. They that they finally got to say, okay, we've got to we've got to sell it. You're going to have to make up your mind in 30 seconds. And if you don't, we're done. I believe that is where it needs to go to more. Uh, these auctions, I believe, need to be where it's bang, bang. Like you said, Matt, the, when you get a heart pumping and you get that energy <laughs> and you bang it, you can, you can sell a bull. A guy might say, well, I'm here to spend 20000 And you've got a guy that don't like him that's standing across the ring and goes, you know, he thinks he's going to get that sucker for 20000 He might have it in his mind. I don't want to give anything away in terms of future potential, but I mean, when I go into a sale, and there's only been a small handful of these deals, I'm not trying to make myself sound bigger than I am, but it's like on a few of these bulls that sold through the years through a live auction, I don't go into it with a number in my head. I go into it with a mindset, I'm going to own that animal. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, shaking her head going, oh, God. yeah, it just is what it is. I mean, in a, I just, I, I just can personally testify in an online format, I bought a bull sort of high this past winter, old Jumpstart. And it's just like you second guess yourself throughout an hour process. If that same bull would have sold in a live auction, I mean, there's no telling if there would have been hot action against me, but it just would have been, what do I want to spend? Uh, I want to buy him. That's what I want to spend. Yeah, and you talk so, and you talk about that, Matt, and you talk about bulls selling. Let's take, let's take the bull at Shoffs that bring one point five one million dollars if you you think that that bull would have probably brought brought that if it wasn't in an auction setting that that bull would have that bull could have brought you know if it was an online deal could have brought only half a million six hundred thousand but then you had two guys button back and forth that knew the potential and the semen sales on that bull the potential in that 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 bull brings one point five one million there's yeah. the proof in the pudding of oh i've got a number in my head all of a sudden they're having to give more hey, unfortunately I'm, uh, this is real world stuff. I've gotten two phone calls as we've been recording from my Amish fence builder, uh, putting up <laughs> some fence today. He must need something really important. So I'm going to have to check out early. I apologize for that, Will. We can have you on again whenever you want to come on. You've been an awesome guest. Here's the question I want to go out on. Can you give me your Mount Rushmore of auctioneers? I'm sure that if I ask people in the show cattle deal, Steve Bonham and uh, Stanley Stout would be on it. But in Will Epperly's circle, who's on your Mount Rushmore of uh, livestock auctioneers in your lifetime? I tell you that that my Mount Ra Mount Rushmore would probably be one of my heroes that I listened to when I was a young kid on Superior Livestock Auction. That's Ralph Wade. Ralph Wade's kind of one of the ones that'll be on the Mount Rushmore. He's a 1974 world champion and just uh, a hero of mine. Probably after that, uh, 
there's been there's been so many and it's hard to sort out in that situation but the 2007 world champion trent stewart uh a great man and a man that i built myself after one of the yep. t- and it comes it comes down to a tie of of kind of a third and they're both from montana and both great men uh that'd be ty thompson of billings montana the 2009 world champion he's on there him and kyle show i think great great men in their own and then probably probably the man that that i put on there last if, would be charlie cummings your night your 2011 world champion great great men great mentors they if you're getting started in it they'll try to help you in any way they can the encouragement they give everyone is just unreal and there's more guys that probably could be on the mount rushmore and i could sort them out and tell you about how they should be but today in my mind that's the mount rushmore of of auctioneers that i see you betcha and guess what will what you are the 2022 world <laughs> champion. So your opinion is the only MFers that matters today, brother. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So trying to but, send it uh, off yeah, with a giggle, but I uh, appreciate your time. It's been amazing. And I apologize that we chose to build fence on this day. Gosh darn Ruben, my Amish <laughs> fence builder, just needs to learn how to text message. But you get, guess what, Will and, and Burke? He has like a bag phone. He doesn't even have the ability to send text messages. It's amazing. Well, I think that's the whole point of being Amish, isn't it? Right, right. Yeah. I had to I mean, be up at 6.30. <laughs> I had to be up at 6.30 this morning to go grab his uh, equipment trailer because they don't have a truck to drive it up themselves. Exactly. Yep, they, but by gosh, them, them boys, they put in, when they do work, it is to a T. I mean, to a perfection. Yeah, the you most, can't get that. The most, yeah, the most normal people, they could outwork them two to one. But if it were me working next to them, they could probably outwork me three to one, I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, you pick get up on the a barn with <laughs> when they can pick up a barn with a community and move the whole barn, yeah, they can outwork anybody. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> Appreciate much. your guys' time. Thank you very much, Bert. good to talk to you, Will. Have fun. Good to talk to you, Bert. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. I'll be in touch with you. I appreciate you. Yep. Bye. You bye. Bye.